Good morning, church. This is Mike Coleman. I'm one of your elders here at the House of Prayer, and it's uh, my privilege to do the Thursday morning devotion with you this morning. And the subject I want to talk to you about is how to have victory in your Christian life. What are the keys to having a fulfilled Christian life? So I'd like to start us off with prayer, if I could. So if you'll just pray with me, let's get started. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this time to be able to spend with my church family. I just ask you that through your word and through your spirit, that you would just speak to us as we face the new year. Dear Heavenly Father, let us live lives that bring glory and honor to you. And I pray that you would use these scriptures, write them on our heart, and help us live them in the year to come. Thank you in Jesus' name. The, uh, this time of year, we usually take inventory, don't we? Uh, you know, at the end of the end of the last year, 20, and then going into 21, a lot of times we just kind of take an inventory of our lives. We might grab a checkbook or a savings book and see how we're doing financially. See if there's changes that need to be made for us to reach a goal. Or we grab a calendar and we start filling in all the dates, planning our vacations our trips, uh, our outings. And some of us might get a gym membership and we decide that we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna change our uh, physical condition. We're gonna get in shape. So we, we take assessment, we take inventory and we decide to make changes to improve our lives. But the challenge for us this morning, and I wanna look at a couple of scriptures here in a minute, is what about our spiritual lives? As important as our finances are, as important as, uh, you know, our uh, trips are, as important as our fitness and health is, what about our spiritual health? What do we do? What kind of goals do we have for that? And I'd like to read two passages, um, first from uh, uh, Philippians and second from 2 Timothy, to uh, kind of challenge us this morning. And this is uh, Philippians 3. 12 through 15. It's Paul writing to the church at Philippi, and listen to what he says. Not that I've already obtained all this, or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold for that which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on to the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenly, heavenward in Christ Jesus. And listen to this, verse 15. All of us who are mature should take such a view of these things. You know, in the first 11 verses in this chapter, we're not going to go there, but talk, Paul talks about his past life about uh, being a Pharisee among Pharisees and being circumcised on the eighth day. And he talks about that life at, at, kind of as an accountant. And then he meets Jesus and he talks about how Jesus gave him new, uh, new goals, new prior priorities and new values. And then he moves on to pressing on. He moves from being an accountant looking at his past life 
to his present life being an athlete. And the picture here is an athlete straining towards a goal to finish a race to win the prize. So what are the keys? What are these four keys that we see in these verses? First of all, let me go back and let, or let me go to Timothy here in a minute. This is a little bit later on in Paul's life. Listen to what he writes to Timothy as he's approaching the end of his life. How did he do in this? How did he do pressing on? And listen to the words that he writes to Timothy. For I'm already being poured out like a drink offering, and the time of my departure has come. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will reward me on that day. And listen to this, not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. So what are these keys that we're looking at here? What are four keys that allow us to live a victorious Christian life? And first of all, it's the focus. You can see where he was, what, what was his focus? His focus was on receiving the reward from the righteous judge, the crown of life. It's so important to have goals in our life. Think about it. Goals are what gives us energy. Goals are what gives us purpose. And I have a, just an illustration that I want to uh, share with you. And it's uh, about a lady who was a swimmer a very famous swimmer, and her name was Florence Chadwick. And listen to this. She was the first woman to swim the English Channel both ways. And later on in life, as she always competed, but later on in life, she wanted to be the first woman to swim from the coast of California to Catalina Island. And here's the deal. She chose, and not to her I shouldn't say she chose, but the day that she was going to make the swim was a chilly, foggy day. She started her swim, and after 15 hours, she was a little bit exhausted, tired, wanting to get to the end, but she was swimming in a fog. She was ready to give up, and her mother kept courage, encouraging her, saying that, Florence, you can make it. You can make it. You're close. But she didn't. She gave up, and she asked him to pull her immediately out of the water. Upon getting on the boat, she could see the shoreline. She could see Catalina Island when she got on the boat. And she told her mom, she said, you know, Mom, even though I was tired, even though I was cold, if I could have just seen the, sh the shoreline at Catalina Island, I would have made it. It's so important in our lives, like Paul, is to keep our eye on the goal and to have a goal. Second is this. He said that forgetting, going back to Philippians, he said this. Forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead. You know, when he said forgetting, forgetting doesn't mean that you just have an absence of memory. 
What forgetting means is he didn't let the past influence the future. So many times we let the past rob us of what we're doing now in our future. And I wrote this down. No longer influenced by the past means we break the power of the past by living for the future. You know, no runner can run a successful race or be victorious, always looking behind. My uh, grandson runs cross country and one of the best runners on the team was winning a race. And we were out in the Rayburn uh, area and at the end of the race, he got off course just a little bit. He lost the vision of the course. Do you know that he went from leading that race by about 20 yards to losing by about five yards simply because he lost the focus. So here's the, here's the deal. We need to first have a goal. Second, we need to make sure that we're not letting the past influence the uh, future. Looking back is not going to get us where we want to be. Third, and I like this part really well, Paul was always looking ahead. Look at in verse 12 in, in uh, uh, Timothy 3 says this, not that I have already obtained all this or have been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Jesus Christ took hold of me. Here's the deal. We should always be looking to improve. There's always room for improvement in our Christian life. Paul was not satisfied. Even though he had accomplished a lot in his Christian life, he still wanted to move forward. He still knew that there, he wanted to grow more like Jesus Christ, to do more for the race that he was called to do. You know, when I think about moving forward, there's a couple things. First of all, how do we do that? It's so important. One, I think by this, like David, asking God to search our hearts to see if there's anything in our lives that need to be dealt with. And second of all, looking at the mirror, looking in the mirror of God's word and letting God's word show us the areas in which we need to improve. Usually, it's one thing. It's, it's kind of like Martha. You know, Jesus said that Mary had chosen the best thing. Or like the rich young ruler that came to Jesus and Jesus said, one thing thou lackest. There's usually one area in our life that God can really deal with that's going to move us forward in our Christian life. Let me tell you a quick story. I, I was in uh, uh, business with, a, with my best friend and my business partner, and his name was Paul. We both enjoyed playing golf. And in the beginning, I used to beat him pretty regularly, a lot of times by 10, 12, 15 strokes. But as we continued to play, I, can, I saw where he was getting better and better, and pretty soon it was all I could do to even keep up with him on the golf course. But you know, he always drove the cart and he had a scoreboard. And on the scorecard, you know, usually you just write the score of the hole, but he was marking all kinds of things 
on the scoreboard. And I said, uh, on the scorecard. And I said, Paul, what are you doing? And he said, well, Mike, he says, I, I do this. If I hit the fairway, I put a check. If I hit the green, I put a check. If it only takes me two putts, I'll put a check. But if I don't put a check on hitting the fairway, or if I don't put a check on hitting the greens, or it takes me three putts to get down, I know the area I need to work on. So when we would go to the range, I always liked to hit the driver, but I noticed with him, he would hit other clubs because he knew the area he needed to improve on. So let's ask God to, to search our hearts, to see if there's anything in our life that needs to be dealt with. Look at, in his, look at his word and let his word be a mirror to our life and then be willing to make the change and face the one thing or the thing that need, we need to move on. And last of all this, not only do we need to focus on the goal, not only do we need to let go of the things that are in the past, not only do we need to move forward or keep trying to improve, but last of all, we need to finish well. You know the ones that stand on the podium when I go watch my grandson Hunter run? The ones that stand on the podium are the ones that finish the race well. Let me tell you a story. Uh, we were over in Israel with, in the other church I belonged to before moving to Blairsville, and we took a trip to Israel, and I'll never forget this. We were in the Garden of Gethsemane, and every place we stopped in Israel, we'd do a devotion. And we did the devotion, and after the devotion, the guide said, you might want to pick up a stone. And we asked, well, what would we want to pick up a stone for? And he said, pick up a stone to remind you of finishing well. That's what our Jesus did. That's what our Savior did. He finished well. And last of all, I'm going to just tell you a story about Stephen Akwari. Stephen Akwari was a, a marathon runner from Tanzania. And in 1980, I think it was 82 Olympics, his country sent him to run the marathon at the Olympics. Halfway through the race, he fell and really skinned himself and bruised himself pretty badly. The rest of the runners went on. Stephen kept going. Hours and hours after the other runners had finished, he limped into the stadium. There was only a few people left, but they stood up and they clapped for Stephen. A writer went over to Stephen afterwards and he said, he said, Mr. Akwari, why did you finish the race? There was no need. You aren't going to win. You're bleeding badly. And he said these words, my country didn't send me to start a race. They sent me to finish a race. The Lord is working in on us. He wants to do a new thing in our life each and every year. Let's take these four steps and let's, let's make this year the best year of growth in our Christian life. Let me pray. Dear Heavenly Father, would you please help us to receive what you had for us this morning? Lord, help us to have goals. Lord, help us to, to strive, to strain, to finish our race and our course that you had set for us. And Father, help us to let go of the past.
Help it not influence what we do in the future. Help us to always remember you, you want to do a new thing in and through us. Father, help us to always seek to improve. Lord, by praying, by reading your word, and Lord, by exercising the gifts that you give us. And Lord, I pray, Lord, please help us to be finishers. Lord, thank you for beginning a work, and we know that you're continuing to work and bring it into completion till the day of Christ. Help us to cooperate with you. Give us a spirit, Lord, of cooperation that, Lord, we not only would let you work in us, but you would let us work, you would let us work for you. And I pray all these things, and I ask all these things in a name that's above every name, the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.